Have you ever wondered what is the link between your coffee and your sleep? Hello, my successful and healthy earthlings, Mihaela Ragushia, Natural Path and founder of the Natural Health Podcast. In this episode today, we are going to learn all things coffee. You're going to learn how coffee affects your sleep, and then I'm going to give you three tips for drinking coffee and sleeping well. At the end of this episode, I'm also going to give you an opportunity to join our health and success oriented community by clicking below and joining the Natural Health Newsletter. Welcome to the Natural Podcast, where we bring awareness for sustainable health and business hustle space. Natural Podcast is perfect for the high-performing, business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Mondays with Mahela. That's right, me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I absolutely love, love, love and appreciate your support. On Mondays, I'm here to provide you simple, savvy and sustainable health hacks to optimize your health. And in today's episode, we are talking about all things coffee that's right i mean you probably love your cup of coffee in the morning in the afternoon and for some people even late at night but you know what actually i'm talking about today is probably more caffeine than coffee in itself but i mean everyone knows uh, caffeine as coffee so and that's what they drink so it's easiest to talk about that so caffeine is actually called 137 trimethylexithine so someone says, imagine going to the shops uh, or the cafe and being like, hey, can I please have a 137 trimethyl exomethane with soy milk, please? They're like, what is this person talking about? I'm talking about coffee. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's, it's actually caffeine. That's what caffeine is known for. So it's kind of like, can I have caffeine? It's like, yeah, okay. But particularly in the form of coffee, it's one of the most widely consumed stimulants in the world. In the world. About 90% of adults here in Australia and America consume caffeinated infused beverages almost daily, uh, with the consumption averaging about 200 mg's a day. While there is substantial evidence that caffeine enhances performance, caffeine withdrawal leads to deficits at both the individual, cognitive, emotional and behavioral processes, and also increases work uh, accidents level. So essentially, caffeine, coffee, does a lot of things in our body, both positive and negative, right? So the popularity of caffeine is driven not only by taste, but it is common additive in our modern diet. If we have a modern diet like we do here in Australia, it has some type of caffeine in it. And it's also got a good reputation of a stimulant because we're feeling tired, we're feeling fatigued. So we're like, what, what's the first thing that comes to our head is let's have a coffee, let's have some caffeine. A study by uh, Desbro and Levited also highlighted the power associated with this reputation as a stimulant. They reported that most athletes believe that caffeine improves both endurance and concentration. Pharmacologically, caffeine is an adenosine receptor antagonist. What does that mean? Okay. As such, it appears that the effects of caffeine on performance occur largely through its occupation of the adenosine receptor. So we've got all these adenosine receptors, caffeine attaches it to it, right? And it acts primarily on A1 and A2A receptors, which in turn are related to its function of brain associated with sleep, arousal, and cognition. So if we, if caffeine goes onto that receptor, it means, hey, we're all good, we're awake. When it releases from that receptor, we get fatigued and tired, right? 
So caffeine is efficiently and effectively absorbed by the stomach and small intestine with peak plasma levels occurring in the first 30 minutes. So when we have our coffee and if we know we're doing something where we need our concentration, best timing for you to actually have your coffee is half an hour before that. So if you know you're going to go on a speech, uh, if you need that little boost, if you know you're going to be doing some type of lifting, uh, running or whatever you may think you believe or have been told that you need caffeine in your body, do a half an hour beforehand, right? Because the peak plasma levels occur about 30 minutes in the first 30 minutes. And then caffeine actually has a highly variable half-life depending on the individual, right? Studies say from 2 to 10 hours depending on the endogenous and exogenous factors so depending on what you eat and also how your enzymes are how your genes work and so forth right it suggests that it can take up to 20 hours or they call them on a four or five half lives for the effects of caffeine to totally wear off 20 hours so if i have coffee now in 20 hours about that most of the caffeine will be out of my system so what I believe is, is most people don't actually ever have caffeine completely out of their system. They drink coffee on a daily basis, which is extraordinary. I mean, maybe for only four hours. So if you drink coffee every day at 9 a.m. and that's it, you only have four hours that you actually don't have caffeine yourself, which means sleep all the time you're sleeping, you have caffeine, right? Another interesting thing is, is nicotine use can increase the metabolic speed of caffeine as much as 50%. So if you have a coffee and you're a smoker or have nicotine or you know someone that does, they're going to remove that coffee out of themselves quicker, maybe depending on a lot of other factors, than you by 50%. This short heart life, however, may enable caffeine to be used strategically to enhance daytime functioning with an impact on sleep quality. It could be predicted and mitigated. So it's interesting, right? So when we look at coffee, right? When you're drinking coffee, the caffeine in a cup of black tea can range anywhere between 25 to 110 milligrams. But 50 mg's is an average amount. And and, and, and coffee can be anywhere between like 50 to 100, 200, some 300, depending what coffee you're getting, if you're getting double shot espresso and so forth, right? So... With saying that caffeine has a half-life of about five hours, half-life meaning half the caffeine is out of you. So let's say you're consuming a cup of coffee that has 40 mg's of caffeine, right? Which is a short, like a little coffee. So you have that coffee now. Let's say you have the coffee at 10 a.m., right? It means that five hours after, which is about 3 p.m., 20 mg's of caffeine are still in your system, Okay. And that is crazy. That's still a lot of caffeine inside of your body. So if you're having, let's say, coffee at 10 a.m. And then you have a coffee at 3, you're actually doubling it. So let's say it's 40 mg's. Let's say 40 mg's at 10 o'clock. You still have 20 at 3 o'clock. You get another 40. It's 60, right? That's 60 inside of you at that time. That's more than you had at 10 o'clock. So you're kind of like double dosing. And then it might take up to 20 hours for it to completely get out of your body, which is a long period of time. So it's the next day. So how does coffee actually affect your sleep? Now that we've spoken a bit about caffeine and so forth, how does it actually affect your sleep? And what, what can you do and how can you time it? Let's look into it, right? Research shows that Australians who consume coffee and caffeine have reduced sleep and that people who have reduced sleep consume more caffeine so it's kind of like a cycle right 
You don't, you have coffee because you're tired, you haven't slept well. You don't sleep well, so you have more coffee. You don't sleep well, so you have more coffee. And it's like, when do I get off this wheel? Caffeine is placed in an unusual position in relation to human performance, right? It clearly has the potential to enhance performance, but amongst its known side effects are sleep deprivation, which brings a risk of performance, not just for athletes, but also for business owners like yourself, or if you want to just perform better. Given that the number of Americans who sleep fewer than six hours has actually increased from only 13% in 1999 to 20% in 2009. So imagine what it is now. More than 20%, I reckon. It'll be interesting to have a look. So widespread caffeine consumption may have broad society implications. It's going to impact you. It's going to impact society, community, and so forth. Sleep deprivation is known to lead significant uh, downsides in cognition function, including lapses of attention, alertness, vigilance, and the speed of cognitive and psychomotor responses. Laboratory studies show that deficit in nocturnal sleep of as little as 90 minutes, which means our sleep, as little as 90 minutes, an hour and a half, for just one night can lead to a reduction of daytime objective alertness by one third. I've spoken about the effects of sleep on our memory, on our function, on our alertness, on our mood, on our health, our health, even mortality. So if we're reducing, if we're not sleeping that well due to that coffee that we're having during the day, it's it's we're going on a roundabout cycle, roundabout. And when are you going to get off that roundabout? That's my question for you. So researchers have commonly found that feeling tired in the morning leads to actually a higher caffeine use. You're tired in the morning, you're like, I'm going to have two coffees today instead of one, which in turn is associated with impaired subsequent sleep patterns, what might be called a coffee cycle. So they examined the effect of 40 mg's of caffeine administrator three points prior to the participant's usual bedtime and found that the dose, even six hours prior to bedtime, significantly disturbed sleep compared to placebo, six hours before bedtime. So if you're going to sleep at 10 o'clock, having a coffee at 4 p.m., which is likely for a lot of people, affects your sleep. The study also found um, a study also found no difference in total sleep time between conditions where caffeine was immediately taken before bed and three hours prior to bedtime, with 400 mg's being equivalent to four cups of hot brew coffee. This study used a relatively high dose, uh, which was felt. So it's kind of like if you're having a so this is this is this is interesting. It's saying that if you have coffee just before bed and have coffee three hours before, it's still going to impact your sleep. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not having a coffee straight before I go to sleep, well, it's kind of like the same thing if you're having it three hours before bed. Another study looked at the role of caffeine in sleep regulation, uh, where participants administrated 200 mg's of caffeine in the early morning, 7 a.m., and then monitored using um, a, uh, an electro in for graph. <laughs> caffeine levels in the saliva were observed to spike one hour after intake. Remember how I said it at the start? Half an hour to peak, saying about an hour. It depends on the individual, right? Um, falling to less than fifth of that level 16 hours later. Despite this reduction at sleep onset, both sleep efficiency and total sleep time were significantly reduced in experimental conditions relative placebo. And this is someone having coffee at 7 a.m. The presence of caffeine in the central nervous system, the authors concluded, 
reduced the gradual onset of drowsiness associated with extended periods of wakefulness. So what's essentially supposed to happen? Okay, so what's supposed to happen is the more you are awake, the more sleep pressure is um, the more sleep pressure is provided in your body, right? The more sleep pressure we have, the more drowsy we get at night time. Coffee stops this, right? Coffee stops this due to being on the adenosine receptors, which then says, no, we need to be awake. We are awake. We don't have drowsiness. If we don't get drowsy at 9, 10 p.m., we're less likely to be like, hey, we're going to go to sleep unless you have a routine. And this is where it's so, so, so important to have a routine. You go, hey, you know what? I'm just going to, I've got so much energy. I've got so much work to do because it's never ending. So you end up staying up and doing that work. What does that essentially mean for long term? It means that you are hurting your body, you're hurting your health, you're hurting your circadian rhythm. And then you wake up in the morning, uh, five hours later, you only had a five hour sleep and you wake up tired and you go, you know what? Oh, the first thing I want to do is I'm going to have a coffee because it's going to give me energy. But essentially what is supposed to give you energy is the sleep, is the rest. But you haven't been able to get the sleep and the rest because of your caffeine consumption. And by caffeine consumption, I'm only not talking about coffee. I'm talking about chocolate, energy drinks, green teas, teas, and so forth, cacao powders. There are other types of caffeine found not just in coffee. So, you know, it's interesting to figure out how much caffeine are you actually having an intake of. What I do, uh, I love my coffee, absolutely love it. I try and have uh, once a year, a few months, a few weeks of coffee. So my adenosine receptors and everything is, can go back to homeostasis and back to normal and back to its level, right? It is hard, yes it is, but you'll notice a difference with your sleep, you'll notice a difference with your energy. You may feel fatigued for the first week and then, wow, you have all the energy back because you're actually sleeping deep and you're sleeping what you're supposed to be sleeping and you're not having a fake energy high. And then what I do is, what I usually do if I do have my coffee, I have my coffee about 10 a.m. And that is because most of my deep work is between 10.30 and 11 to about 2 p.m. So that's when I really do some quality work, right? Uh, 10.30, 11 till 2-ish. And having that coffee just allows me to make the most out of that rush. And then about, uh, you feel the crash about 3 p.m., 4 p.m., but that's when our body usually does a little crash anyway. So it's kind of like you're working with your bio, uh, with your biochemistry because we have a crash around 3 or 4 o'clock no matter what, even if you didn't have any coffee. So it goes with it. I just ride through that or I meditate or I close my eyes or I go for a walk or I do something just to relax a little bit around that time. And then I go to bed, right? But essentially, let's have a look at uh, let's have a look at three tips for drinking coffee and sleeping well. Number one is is drink your coffee strategically. Exactly what I just spoke about. Drink your coffee strategically and remember that it has a half life of approximately five hours, uh, which means you're still going to have caffeine in you after five hours. Half of the so if you had 100 mg's, you have 50 still in your body, which is still a large amount of caffeine to have inside of your body. Right. So drink your coffee strategically, take your caffeine strategically. If you wake up early in the morning, maybe that's when to have it and not to have it after a certain amount of time. 
Number two is sleep well. Therefore, there is absolutely no need to get an energy boost from caffeine if you are sleeping on point. Number three is have coffee alternatives. Dandelion root, uh, herbal teas. Um, there's so mushroom, mushroom, uh, mushroom coffees without caffeine. Uh, caffeine-free drinks and so forth. There's so many alternatives out there right now because if you're looking for something to drink, turmeric lattes, dandelion lattes, so many alternatives out there to help you. But the best thing is sleep. If you're sleeping well, you're not going to be craving that coffee for that energy. I hope I shed some light to coffee and sleep and you understand it a little bit better now. Share this episode with anyone that you think would absolutely love this episode of the Natural Health Podcast. And do what you do best. Love, like, share the Natural Health Podcast. If you're not joining a health and success oriented community, click below and join the Natural Health Newsletter with bonuses are sent straight to your inbox every Friday. Remember, the missing link between failure and success is your health. Content and information provided here is opinion of Mahela Raguse and is for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to provide medical advice or take the place of medical advice or any current treatment you're undertaking. Consult your own medical professionals for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the Natural Health Podcast. It is advised that you consult your doctor or healthcare professional in relation to any health concerns you may be having. Mahela Raguse does not take responsibility for any health consequences which occur from a person listening, viewing, or reading this content. And in a Circumstances shall the natural podcast, Mahela Raguse, any guests or contributors to the natural podcast, or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Mahela Raguse be responsible for damages arising from the information provided on the natural podcast. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Please note if you're taking prescription, do not stop your medication or start a new protocol, including but not limited to supplements, diet, lifestyle changes without consulting a doctor or healthcare professional. If you or any person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical advice never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you have read or heard on the natural podcast or in any linked materials if you think you may have a medical emergency call your doctor or emergency services immediately neither Mahela Raguz nor the publisher of this context takes responsibility for the possible health consequences of any person or persons reading or listening or following the information in educational content